0: Grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're homebrew bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Hello. All right. Uh, before we go too deep here, I want to do the ad reads. Uh, so the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zommergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, want to give a shout-out uh, to our patrons, specifically Black Belt patron Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy, head on over to patreon.com slash blindersstudios and become a patron today. And uh, if you're gonna do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindnewsstudios.com, click on the Amazon link for our homepage, do your Amazon shopping as normal, uh, and then we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. Really helps us out. All right, that is out of the way, Brian, my friend, yes. my co-host. Yes.
1: What have you been up to beer-related in the past week? Well, so yesterday we had the the first annual Freakin' and, freak and Float. Ooh! Uh, was at uh, uh, General Sam's in Somerset on the Apple River. The um, price of the ticket was 50 bucks, and you got a ticket, uh, you got a campsite, um, and, excuse me, a campsite, uh, a float down the river a three-hour beer festival and then the three hours after the festival or during the festival, that whole entire six hours, you could buy off sale. So we in Wisconsin uh, brewery and tap rooms have permits instead of liquor licenses, and we have three of them, and that's as many as we can ever get. If you have a, like, you know, if you're Milwaukee burger company, you can have as many franchises as you want, um, <coughs> as many locations as you want, but we can only have three. So one of the things we can do is leverage that permit and get what's called a secondary uh, temporary location permit. So essentially, what we did is each of the seven breweries that participated uh, turned their campsite into a tap room. Oh, cool! Yep. So we can uh, serve and serve and sell beer uh, out of a out of a freaking campsite. <laughs> That's really neat. cool. Well, I mean, I could you could go up to the grocery store up in Hudson, you know, and and uh, do that too. You just need to make sure that the feds, you know, the TTB, uh, ATF, uh, are, are
0: cool with it. Yeah.
1: So rubber stamp yeah. it. And I don't know, we, we always play by the books with them and we have some, some really nice agreeable, uh, agents, um, that we work with. And, you know, as long as you play by the books, usually the, uh, ask for permission rather than forgiveness model works a little better. So. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then we had the rock the lot party at the brewery as well. Firewater gospel, gospel choir played. It was a zoo. I want to say it was our it was either the second or third uh, best party we've had uh, uh, from a revenue standpoint. Um, so it was it was up there. It was one for the books to be sure. Um, other than that, uh, we made a kettle sour. I think I might have mentioned that. Uh, and it is excellent. It is, is way more complex. Oh, you've, you finally tried it. Yeah, it's still in the fermenter. And uh, we just got the fruit the fruit puree in uh, to uh, add uh, to it. And we're going to do three different types of fruit puree. Um, we'll talk more about that when we actually get that in there. But uh, And then um, we've decided to start a full-on sour program. Oh, so it's official now. It is completely official. We're, we are uh also drawing plans <clears throat> to uh potentially build a cool ship on the roof of the brewery um but we'll have to you know we have to build a stainless steel It's uh, pretty cool man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ship. <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> so yeah, we're working on that. Um I'll talk more about that but i mean these the the type of sour program we want to do i mean you know we wouldn't have any beers actually released for you know year, years years plural so yeah. it's Are you going to do like a, I guess,
0: like a St. Croix Valley Lambic?
1: Yeah, uh, if we can, because we'd have to, uh, you know, uh, build the the cool ship on the roof and then put kind of like almost a farmhouse barn top part to the structure. And then we need to, we need to like check the structural integrity of the building and how much weight that much stainless is going to be and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, there's all different types of ways to design a cool ship. And uh, if you're listening and you you're not you don't know what a cool ship is, it's it's basically I mean Google it because it's kind of fun. I, I feel
0: like there's uh, there's an entire uh, episode mm-hmm. behind a cool ship that we could possibly do.
1: I I think we could, so maybe I'll, I'll maybe uh, maybe we'll do that. I'll save too much explanation, but it's like just an open vessel that uh you, you know you let the wild yeast and bacteria float in, but you have to do it in a certain way so that like you can there has to be a structure over the top of it.
0: So uh, birds don't poop so in it. So birds
1: don't take a shit in it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I've heard at uh, Jester King in Austin that the uh, they had to take some kind. I think this this is anecdotal. I can't remember if, if this is Jester King or not. But the the deer like to roll in and and drink oh. the drink out of it too. I believe that. Yeah. So. Well, you shouldn't have that issue on a roof <laughs> unless
0: they're like some high tech ninja deer. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Justin <laughs> hit a deer recently. It's pretty common in our area. Of, I almost uh, hit a deer on my bike
0: on Saturday. <coughs> oh, for God's sake! I was uh, I was I was I was biking uh, going I don't know like twenty ish mm-hmm. um, down a hill and there was a there was a deer that ran out and I was like oh that's cool deer and then there was a second deer oh, that came out went went to the other side of the road saw me and decided that nope that side of the road wasn't safe and had to go back over. And oh, I was, yeah, I was, I don't know, like just, I, I could have touched it, but, <laughs> nope, <sighs> no thanks. I was like, no, this is good, this, this, this is good. I don't, I don't, I need to go to the ER this morning. Casey's just, brush uh... with nature. <laughs> um but yeah uh, uh let's see other than that um beer, beer uh so uh, my friends had meat day 2019 <laughs> yesterday nice um and that's not really a beer thing but um they're really big into like smoking meat and stuff and so they mm-hmm. did it was two appetizers and three courses mm-hmm. all meat uh there was uh beef bacon which i never had mm. it's like really just really fatty like um or it was what was it was it I think it was like short rib or something. Oh, okay. That was that was cut into like bacon strips. Oh, wow. It was really good. Nice. And they yeah they smoked that. Um and then they had some really good chislic. um and, uh then like three different courses of meat uh, and the last one, it was, uh it was steak that was sliced thin and then they had a, they had eleven different finishing salts that you could choose from. Holy crap! So they had they had a salt flight. And so you could taste different salts on the meat. That was a lot of fun. Nice, uh, and then a uh, a blue cheese, um, butter, compote. That was what? phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Man, these on, guys are the serious. State. It was obviously. yeah. It was it was some serious serious stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Other than that, um, I got a new grain mill. Mm-hmm. Uh I th- don't remember if I talked about that last time no. or not. Yeah, oh. yeah, I got a new grain mill, uh which will lead into today's discussion. Milling. The hall. I upgraded my my old Corona mill, which uh and then got an actual grain mill. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh mm. but uh we have a bunch of beer to try, so we should probably talk about yeah. that. Huh? So the first one, um I think we're gonna start this or we're gonna start with the the creek. Oh are you going kidding a, me? My brand new <laughs> all right uh yeah so it's his uh style 23f uh fruit lambic um i put the put the thing in there um yeah that was my bad for being slow on that Uh, overall impression looking for a complex fruity pleasantly sour wild wheat ale fermented by a variety of belgian microbiota might microbiota biota blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, and showcasing <laughs> the fruit contributions blended with the wild character. The type of fruit can sometimes be hard to identify as fermented and aged fruit characteristics can seem different than more recognizable fresh fruit flavors. Um, so we went with Creek, which is uh, lambic with cherry essentially um, and so here is here's, here's the recipe um, six pounds of Belgian pilsner uh, and four pounds of wheat uh, so, yeah, 60% pilsner, Okay. 40% wheat, uh, and then we used the Belgian Lambic blend uh, from Y-East. I can get you a number on that. Did reel.
1: you rice hull it
0: with the 40% grist, or um, were, you, were
1: you okay in your mash?
0: This is a while ago that we brewed this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we rice hauled it. I think anytime time I approach that, anything over 30%, I put yeah, rice hulls in. It's probably for the best. Um, Belgian uh, Lambic. Why yeast? I just need to know the number here. Uh,
1: 3278. Okay. And if you were watching on Twitch, uh, you can see both beers on the Bia Cam. Bia Cam, yes. So, uh, it is obviously
0: the, the pink one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hope that. Um, obvious. and then, so unfortunately, like when I was adding the fruit to this, I couldn't get fresh cherries. So I used, uh, canned and frozen cherries, a mixture okay. of each. Um, I used uh, tart pie cherries uh, and uh, some sweet ones as well, Um, and I did two different batches of it because I was like, I added one, and I was like, oh, not quite enough cherry, and then I added more until I got the cherry flavor that I kind of liked. And you just added it to the fermenter? Yep. Yeah, just to the fermenter. All right. So, yeah, why don't we we do some taste in here and see if this hits style? So uh, aroma, the specified fruit should be dominant in the aroma. So cherry, low to moderate sour character blends with aromas described as barnyard, earthy, goaty, hay, horsey, or horse blanket. Uh, the fruit aroma commonly
1: blends well with other aromas. Yeah, actually, that fruit, the fruit, and a little bit of um.
0: I get I get um, fruit, um, a little like some, some horsey. Yeah, some so just a little bit of that, uh, like uh, breadamyses, mm-hmm. that bread, um, and then just like a, a nice, like, sharpness mm-hmm. from from lacto. Mm, yep, definitely some cherry. All right. All right, so aroma, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Cherry's yep. coming through real nice. Appearance, the variety of fruit generally determines the color, although lighter colored fruit may have little effect on the color. Uh, color intensity to be with age. Clarity is often good, though some fruit will not drop right. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, well, we got, we got some little floaties in there. Yep, but mm, it's very bready. Mm. Flavor wise, mm-hmm. yep. Appearance, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Like mm-hmm. it's this, it's a, it's almost like a rose color. Oh yeah,
1: definitely, almost right um, on the right on the nose rose. Yep. Uh,
0: flavor: the specified fruit should be evident, low to moderate sour flavor, often with acidic bite in the finish. The classic barnyard characteristics may be low to high. Um, let's just talk about the flavor here. So you get bread right off the bread. Oh
1: bread, bread from the malt, and then definitely definitely brett it's not i get more (laughs) lactic it's not right it's a little bit more lactic than brett but it's definitely not overly sour um Mm -hmm. there's a
0: good cherry um
1: character especially on the end i'm not puckering yep and then that the the lactic bite is somewhere towards the back of the tongue yeah uh and it's uh you know if you want to talk about the the length of the the way that the flavor profile goes it's like from from the sip Takes a second or so for that lactic to kind of, yeah. Plop.
0: It's 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 a little sweeter on on the front and mm-hmm. then sweet and cherry. Yeah, sweet and cherry on the front, and then you get that that tart um, funkiness mm-hmm. in the middle, and then it just and then I don't know. I I get like a almost like a sour cherry lingering on the on the on the finish.
1: <clears throat> it's not as dry as I was kind of thinking it. Well, no, actually, I take that back. It's pretty dry. It's
0: but. pretty dry. It just doesn't taste dry. If that mm-hmm. makes sense.
1: I have to like look for it. The dryness. Actually, yeah, there it is, way at the back. Yep. All right. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I like how this turned out. I'm yeah. very happy with it. Um, it's it's not over. This is um, I I liken it to like uh, like
1: a lemonade, like a cherryade, mm-hmm. um, something like refreshing on a hot day. Yeah, definitely. Uh you know this. Uh, I'm not super big into sours, but I could. I would definitely. I can. I'm gonna finish this. Yeah, uh, glass of this glass here.
0: Yeah. This. So um, I was worried about not having enough of beer to taste on the show. <laughs> oh, because you've been drinking it. We've been drinking a lot. Of, we Friday night. We I probably put seven, eight pints away. Oh, Matt shit. put five or six. Carlos yeah. was pounding them back too. Like uh, los. Yep. Aka uh, so,
1: Fireball. Yes. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. So overall, I'm gonna give this one a thumbs up. We're I think I think this, yep. this hit style. Nice work. Um, I yeah, I really like this one. Um, so I I kegged three sours at a, at a time. I or a couple weeks ago, I did I kegged this one. I kegged the next one. We're gonna try and then the um the the, the oh, this was my second favorite out of them. The rhubarb was my favorite. And then this one will be number three. So, uh, yeah, why don't we talk about that one then, too, which is the Mixed Fermentation Sour. Uh, Do you have uh, the the
1: guideline up? No. Which number are we looking for? Uh,
0: This one is 2028B. If you want to pull that up, I will pull the recipe mm-hmm. and then you can
1: read some things so people don't have to listen to my voice the entire time. Yeah, Terrible voice. Uh, 28B Mixed Fermentation Sour Um I am also going to go ahead and pull that from Beer Cam here as well. So just give me two shakes. All
0: right. Um, okay. You want the recipe quick? I do. Let All right. uh, 82% two row, um, 11% uh, wheat, and 6% uh, C20. Uh, so this is a blonde ale base. Interesting, okay. Um yep, we used uh so uh, we used thirty IBUs of cascade um, okay. in the boil at sixty minutes, and then um, did a initial fermentation uh, with ten fifty six from Y East. Okay. Then after that finished out, we pitched a uh, we pitched the Belgian Lambic blend again from Y East. Okay, that same one, the same, same one. one or, yep. Okay. I I really like how that one turned. Like it does good things to sour's, but it's also very unpredictable. So, uh, yeah. You, <laughs> well, what What do you yeah. mean
1: to what to what Um,
0: mean? like you do you never know if you're gonna get something that's super Brett forward, okay. or super like lactic forward. Why that
1: is? Yeah, what, I don't know. I, the I think science behind that. Yeah,
0: I, I'm. This is this is just a pure guess. And how how I think it works is I think, um, it depends on uh, temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a big one, and then whichever one gets an early hold is going to be
1: more forward. Well, doesn't sometimes the the uh, lacto can kind of interfere with the Brett,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. the Brett can interfere with it like they, yeah, right. they they fight for the same. Like you would want you would want to start with the Brett, and then maybe add lacto or PDO later. I don't know potentially. Um, I don't know. Anyway, that's another. I, I haven't
0: <laughs> done a ton of sour research. Um, it's yeah. it's something that I'm like that we did for the 80 style challenge. I'd never Mm. thought about doing sours. And now that I'm tasting how some of these sours have turned out, I kind of want to do more sours.
1: Yeah. Tonsmeyer, Michael Tonsmeyer has got a pretty fantastic book out there. And then there's another book, uh, that is like wood, wood and beer. I think it's called something like that, but yeah, I should really jump on, jump on that book again. I don't, I didn't get very far in it the first time. So, all right. All right. Anyway, that said, uh, 28 B mixed fermentation, sour beer, (coughs) aroma, uh, it's variable by base style. So, this is a blonde uh, base style. Uh, I'm just getting straight lactic, I think. I gotta muss this up a little bit. I'm getting a lot of bretomyces. Oh boy, yep. No, there's. <laughs> okay, there's a bread. There's a little bit of lactic and then. A little like grain sweetness, but grainy, not grainy. Yep. yep. Grainy. So. It's variable by style. The contribution of non-saccharomyces microbes should be noticeable, too strong. Yeah, uh, I would say that. I would say true. so, and often con- tra- bleh, contribute a sour and/or funky wild note. Uh, the best examples will display a range of aromatics rather than a single dominant character. Uh, the aroma should be inviting, not harsh or unpleasant. And I'm gonna thumbs this one up. So. Me too. Uh, wow. Aroma's aroma's nice. That it is. And appearance-wise, it's, again, variable by base style. Here we've got a blonde ale. Clarity can be variable. Some haze is not a fault. Uh, retention can be poor due to high levels of acid or anti-foam properties of some lactobacillus strains. Now, I would, uh, the last beer, the, t- um... Yeah, the last beer, like, the carbonation's a little There's, on it. like, no head on that at all. But, like, here, this, this one, um, it's got a very persistent head and actually yep. some decent lacing. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, kudos on that. Uh, a little
0: hazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they hold up the patented beer
1: light. Um, oh, yeah. Beautiful, like, golden color, though. Golden, yep, right. Uh, so uh, clarity can be very uh Some haze is not a fault. I already read that. Uh, flavor, let's move into that. So variable again by base style. Look for an agreeable balance between the base wow. beer and the fermentation character. Uh, range of results this is, is uh, possible. Th-
0: this this one I'm curious about. Wait, what you're going to think about this one it's incredibly bread forward
1: wow there's Um, a lot
0: going on in this yeah holy shit um like and with a with a blonde ale as the base like there's not a ton of base beer there like flavor wise Mm -hmm. but I get I get like just big like um hay uh grass big time um and then
1: like horse blanket yep and then Um, and then it sours again at that same spot that it did before and then once that dies it's very very much malty bready yep um Again, both of these beers are very light-bodied.
0: Yep.
1: Wow, this is, wow. This is (laughs) is really, really complex. So, very impressive. Uh, In any case, uh, a range of results is possible from fairly high acidity and funk to subtle, pleasant, harmonious beer. best examples are pleasurable to drink drink with the esters and phenols complementing the malt and or hops. Uh, The wild character can be prominent, but does not need to be dominating in a style with an otherwise strong malt and hop profile. Acidity should be firm yet enjoyable. I would totally agree with that, Uh, but should not be biting or vinegary. I'm not getting any of that. No. Uh, Prominent or objectionable offensive alcohol, or I'm sorry, offensive acetic acid is a fault. Uh, bitterness tends to be low especially as sourness increases which is true i mean i think that yep. the sourness takes the place of the bitterness in the oh yeah, yeah. that's piece, that's the balance yeah uh, on these types of beers and on this um
0: yeah i i like i think the flavors there mm-hmm. um, like i said i'm i'm very happy with how these turned out mm-hmm. um yeah just to get, like and at least in my in, in my very limited experience with sours it's so hard to know what your end result is going to be it's just funky it's super funky right mm mm-hmm. mhm um, and so Sour's. do you like more Brett forward or do you more,
1: like more lacto forward? Um, Oh boy, that's a tough one. Uh, probably a little bit more lact lactic forward. Um, because some, sometimes the way that Brett expresses its funk is uh, yeah, just, you know, weird or bad. You yeah. Know? No, Well, when it,
0: when it tastes like you're just like licking a horse blanket. Yeah. Goat
1: farm. Yep. So, in any um, case,
0: yeah, I'll, th- I'll,
1: th- I'll thumbs this one up.
0: All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, the other thing we were doing is we were doing some blending with them um, with the two. Oh, like the creek too? and the. Oh, yeah. funny. That was fun. We were drunk, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. All righty. All right. Um, so, why don't we talk about? I get I yeah, I get to put some more green check marks up. I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, all right, uh, do, 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 what are we talking about today? We're talking about oh, milling. milling. So we've been going over different uh, aspects of malt and how like it's it's a very important ingredient. It's the one that seems to get like the most um, talked about besides hops. Right. But we're always talking about like flavor or diastatic power or stuff like that. But a very important part of your of your malt is is the the milling, like the grist, mm-hmm. yep. right? Yep, that can uh, make or break. Yeah, uh, so we we have we have to mill. Because we need to crack open those grains yep. and expose those those delightful sugars and mm-hmm. enzymes on the inside.
1: Yeah, and, and you you nailed the correct word on the head. Uh, we want to really think of it more like cracking rather than milling. Uh, I guess with like an impact mill or a hammer mill, which we'll get into, uh, you can you can definitely go too far uh, with your milling. Um, and by that, what I mean is when we talk about cracking the malt. Uh, in, well, actually, piggybacking on what I was talking about earlier uh, with using rice hulls as the fil- you know to uh, beef up the filter base, mm-hmm. so that's what when you crack the malt, uh, the purpose of that is to uh, make sure that the husk is mostly intact, uh, so that it it acts as a filter bed for when you are uh, you know mashing, uh, sparging, and loudering, especially uh, loudering, which lautering is just a uh, you know it's like Another German word that means, you know... A, Recirculation. A, well, louder, <laughs> it, means separa- it means separating liquid from solid, essentially. And so it's another German word that means like an entire sentence. Oh, so like all German words. Yeah, yeah kind of like schadenfreude, driving pleasure from one's misery, right. from someone else's misery. So in any case, um, it's very important that we get the, the uh, mill set correctly and don't pulverize the uh, uh, husk of the malt too much. Uh, we need that filter bed uh, so we don't stick our mash. That's why we would add. Uh, <coughs> that's why we would add rice hulls for malts that um, are stickier, like rye and wheat, or malts that don't have a husk. So, um,
0: so can you visually see like if you've gone too far or not far enough? Um. Yeah. Like, or at least to get to get an idea. Like, so. If if you haven't gone far enough with your with your um with your milling, you're looking like whole kernels and stuff in there, mm-hmm. or like and like just not enough grain is cracked. Is yeah. Kinda.
1: Yes. That's that's exactly what it would look like. Um, okay. You know, and then another thing that uh, another issue that breweries run into is, uh, you know, when when you're moving the malt around, you know at least we use what's called a flex auger so it's a pvc tube uh with this sort of corkscrew in it and if you if the the run is really long you can risk uh you know crushing those up or splitting more husks down to uh, a size that that uh, won't help you with that filtration bed
0: okay so it'll tear it up too Mm -hmm. much um, all right, yeah, and so then basically, if you end up with flour, you've gone too far.
1: Correct. Um, like, yeah. If well, if unless you are one of the two breweries in the country that has the the mash filter system. What? What? Uh, what two are they? Modest and Alaskan. Modest. Really? is Really. Minnesota Alaskan's the other one, and I mean, I can't. I guess those are the two that I know of. There might be another one. So, why would you want to go? Is it just a um, to, like, an efficiency issue? Well, it's like a mash press, essentially. It's a big, long accordion, and when you, you fill that up, uh, you don't want the husks. You want it to be pulverized into, like, a flour instead. Um, what is what is the advantage there? Uh, 100% rye beer. Uh oh. <laughs> 100% wheat beer. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just not possible to really... I mean, I, I would attempt it on a smaller scale with just a shitload of rice holes, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you're you're gonna stick regardless with you, Or you apparently, just, your uncle's accordion, it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, in any case, yeah, I might have been getting ahead of myself.
0: No, uh, that's I I I had no idea like that modest was was doing that like yeah. it's just it's interesting. Yep. Huh. Very expensive.
1: <laughs> Very expensive and also, uh, no, not being offensive, but sort of, uh, sort of gimmicky, uh, which is. Oh yeah, is well, but I mean that's beer gotta, now. Gotta beer choo- is kind of just gimmicky. Uh, yeah, that's
0: true. You got to choose. You got to choose your gimmicks, your, your gimmicks wisely. <laughs> 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 All right, um, and so there's really only two types of mills. I mean, we've we've talked about. Um, a third, but I think that follows into the second. I think it's pretty close so, to an impact mill. Yeah. So, um, talking about the burr mill. So my 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 first mill was a twenty dollar Corona mill off of Amazon mm-hmm. um, that I modified with some spacers so it could, and it was it got the job done, but it was inconsistent. Does sure. that makes sense? Yeah. Um, and that was an impact mill. It was a plate rubbing against another plate, yep. and it was it was designed for for like masa flour, like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it worked for and if you're on a budget, it's a fantastic, fantastic route to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so this so an impact mill is this type of mill is made up of two different stainless steel heads with rows of jagged teeth that will spin at high speeds. The grain is dropped into the
1: mill and hammered instead of ground to create flour. Right. And this is why when I read impact mill, I was thinking hammer mill. But the hammer mill is a little different. It, It spins and it spins and it has like literal what look like little hammers that pound it. Okay. So this this seems uh, different, obviously. Okay,
0: so it, so it spins and it's just getting mm-hmm. smushed. Yeah. Pulverized. Pulverized. Uh, and the other more common uh, is the burr mill. Um, and these are considered the most common options and feature two grinding plates. One is fixed and the other rotates uh, thanks to a power source. The grain is fed into a hole in between the two burrs um, and you can set that gap um, mm-hmm. and that, that'll kind of figure out your, your wrist um, And so... Why is grinding your own grain important?
1: Wow. Uh Well, I mean, you know, it it is isn't there something to like it it going bad if you have it pre milled and just sitting mm-hmm. around? Um that's that's one piece okay.
0: So freshness,
1: right? Freshness is, an issue. is a piece to the puzzle. Yeah,
0: because it it'll last longer in the whole
1: form than it will, like just because surface area exposed to oxygen. Right. Exactly. Pretty simple. Um, so I think that's probably the the uh, the best reason. And then, you know, also you can you know set you know it correctly or properly as to how how you want it done. And
0: and so you um, get you get a level of consistency there that yep, you wouldn't if you if control. you weren't uh, like if you order your grain. Pre-milled from, mm-hmm. like Northern Brewer or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have them running it, right? Which I
1: mean, you know, I'm certain that they take decent enough. Oh
0: care. yeah, no, it's probably fine. Um, and it has, it was fine for the 80 style challenge because yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't want to waste 20 minutes milling gray.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, on a on a pro uh, level, uh, you can definitely order pre-ground. PG malt.
0: Do you guys uh, grind? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. What, Uh. so... We have the burr mill. A burr mill? Okay. Um, so size-wise, like, how much larger is your your mill versus like um, something that like a home
1: brewer would use? It'll fit uh, upwards of... We only throw in, like, one bag at a time. Like okay. It'll do a 55-pound bag uh, one at a time, but you can, you can... It's probably, like, a bag and a half that'll fit in there. Oh, Nice. Um, but yeah, it works. And then the flex auger pushes it over to a hopper so you can kind of mill in the day before. Oh, cool. And then just swing it in the morning and get it going so you don't have to have a super long day. So would you,
0: uh, at the homebrew level, I, n- I guess I'd never even thought about milling the day before. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a, that's a, good idea. Yeah, Casey, yeah. Why would <laughs> definitely shorten your brew day. <laughs> so yeah, so day before should be fine then, right? You yeah, can... absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, so I, I thought about something while we while we were kind of talking here that mm-hmm. I read in the malt book, and I wanted to discuss. And I think this is a perfect uh, time to discuss it: wet versus dry milling. I had never heard of wet milling. Oh boy! Before um, before I started reading this book, and so wet milling is um, essentially you you wet the grain before you mill it, yeah. um, and it like it it makes it like gelatinous isn't quite the right word well it, it
1: it softens it
0: yeah um and so you're you're so like it it um pops the uh the seeds out of the husks
1: mm-hmm.
0: or the kernels out of the husks so you get um your husks are whole essentially
1: right which will only well, help you with yeah which will help your process
0: yep but it's also uh, potentially a gummy mess right um, so some, on on the homebrew scale I think it'd be interesting to experiment with. Should try that. <laughs> but I also don't want to deal with that kind of ridiculous um mess. Have you No. Have, have you like heard of it at all? Never, never like never Mm-mm. never even contemplated it? Like No. Tradition. Yeah, tradition. Yeah. A lot of brewing is tradition. Why do you do that? I don't know. Uh-oh. Tradition. <laughs> Stop asking so many fucking questions. Tradition's important. <laughs> the Ryan Heiske boat thinks so. <laughs> Indeed, my friend. Yeah, it was the, the top, the top tradition right there. So, whatever. Um, yeah, and so what? Uh, so, wet milling is a modern technique used to grind malt in preparation for mashing. It's said to be to bring significant benefits compared to traditional dry milling. Uh, it is a practice uh, recommended by the major German brewing plant manufacturers and used in conjunction with the louder ton. Uh, Is often called continuous steep milling and requires that milling take place uh, in the time taken to mash a grist, normally about 20 minutes. Traditional dry milling takes place independently of the mashing process. Uh, In wet milling, malt is steeped in a continuous stream of warm water to bring the husk moisture content up to 15% before the malt is ground uh, on a pair of specially designed rollers. In wet milling, the grain husk remains uh, complete, uh, whereas in dry milling it gets fragmented. Um... And because of the higher moisture content during wet milling, there's no dust produced. So explosion risks are eliminated and dust removal equipment is
1: unnecessary. Jeez. Expl- <coughs> Jesus. Explosion. Ri- I mean, like, you'd have to have an enormous facility. You'd have to be milling a lot of grain. for, Yeah.
0: But, I mean, you've seen how, like, how flammable flour is, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, if you guys ever want to have just, like, a fun, uh, Like science experiment day. Like, I don't know if you have kids or something, you're like, hey, you wanna see something cool? Uh, Cornstarch and like finely sifted flour go up like nothing else. You can make Mm -hmm. some awesome fireballs. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Yeah, because the husk remains complete, wet milling allows uh, a faster runoff time and greater loading on the louder ton, uh, deeper grain depth, um, as well as reduced oxidation of the grain and the resulting wort. Wet milling systems are expensive and rarely seen in small breweries yeah makes sense because yeah like i can imagine just the hell of getting your mill stuck
1: yeah i don't think our i don't i don't think brewer chad would be very happy about nah, it sounds that. like an ian job yeah it does sound like an ian job Yeah. <laughs> no. oh chad all right um
0: We have one piece of listener mail that we should uh, chat about. Is there anything else uh, you think we should cover? That's pretty straightforward.
1: I'm glad we got to that, though.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I think it's important. It's usually not talked about. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that we got a chance to cover
1: it. So this listener mail comes from Instagram? Yes,
0: this is an Instagram. So, yeah, we're at Blind Studios on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, If I can figure out how to find... (laughs) I have to do this every time. All right. Uh this comes from Kyle. Uh hey there guys. Big fan of Homebrew Brown, started uh listening at the start of the ESC. I was wondering uh where the best places for beer uh were if I had a day and a half in Brussels. Uh thanks for the great content and remember, no banana. I missed that bit. What? The no banana bit. If so if if you read through the uh, every uh, the guidelines, the BJCP guidelines, uh-huh. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of them that say
1: no banana. That's funny. <laughs> well, I know one of the guy. I know, I personally know one of the guys that helped write the BJCP guidelines, and so I can I can definitely see him, like I could hear him saying.
0: I wonder if he's ever listened to our show I and then gotten mad when we yelled doubt at yep. him. <laughs> You know, I you know, man can dream. Man can dream. Uh, so I um so I recommended uh, if he had the time and he likes sours to do the Cantillon tour. Right. Cuz that was absolutely incredible. Uh you you see what a brewery looked like 100 years ago. Which mm-hmm. is which is really cool. Yep. Um and then I also recommended uh, the Delirium oh, Cafe. That's what I was going to recommend. Near uh,
1: near Grand Place. I didn't get there, but you
0: recommended it. Um, yeah. Uh, did you get to any cool spots while you were in Brussels? Like, we even were, not
1: beer-related, but. We were there for, we got there. About a day and a half. No, like a day. We got oh, there yeah. late late in the afternoon and then had to leave, like, early in the morning. So, oh, damn. Yeah, so we we were basically just in Brussels to see Wind Hand, to see the this band. And then we wandered around, got some Belgian, you know, Belgian chocolate, um, and uh, ate some crepes. Crips. Um but from what I hear, uh Lermitage uh, and uh what is it, the sister were two that you know oh, I don't was... think I went to either of those. Well and then there's also a brew dog in Brussels.
0: Yes. Uh so I'm always torn on brew dog. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, the beer is pretty solid and you can get some American style IPAs at one. Like if you're craving that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's it's a big chain. Like, right
1: and so I don't know. Honestly, uh, what was the listener's name? Uh, Kyle. <clears throat> Honestly, Kyle. Like there, w- everywhere you go or everywhere I went that had alcohol in Belgium had had really great choices. And um,
0: is there anything that you would uh, any beers like like do not miss this beer Orval.
1: Orval? period? Just, I mean, you, just West, Orval vol in in Belgium, West, West Vletteren. Yeah, cool, if if you can cool, find if but... you can
0: find a bottle of Westy. Uh huh. Buy it, taste it, especially yeah. if you haven't. Twelve dollar, twelve ounce
1: bottle of beer. <laughs> uh,
0: well, uh, more like fourteen. Well, so if it's fifteen euro, or oh, twelve shit. euro, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's it's worth it for the story. I think. Like if if yeah. you're if you're never gonna go back to Belgium again, or like it's slim chance,
1: do it, try it. Yeah. You're not gonna regret it. I was uh, I was very very happy to find uh, a bottle of Orval at this Italian cafe restaurant that we went to, uh, and it was only a couple months old. Uh, and I've had I've had you know multiple years old Orval. I've had fresh Orval now, um, and it is to me it's just the most outstanding beer in the world. Um, yep, um, which is a freaking bold statement. I
0: would also <laughs> I would also say do not sleep on the mussels and Fritz. Like, like, yeah, in Brussels especially, it's going to be, and if you're near Grand Place, it's going to be kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. But having that with a Belgian beer is so good. Like, just a pound of just steamed mussels Mm -hmm.
1: and fries. and Well, and then after that, you've got to go find the, the mannequin piss. Well, so... But there's a mannequin, there's a dog and a cat too, right? No,
0: it's a there's there's the mannequin, there's the oh what is it? It's so it's the little peeing boy, the little peeing girl, and the peeing dog. That's what it is, yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, the little peeing girl is actually right outside of Delirium Cafe. Mm-hmm. So and we didn't notice. Uh, we were sitting there. I met a uh, Norwegian couple uh, there. Uh, so it was me and my brother's fiance and this Norwegian couple. We were hanging out and we look out the window. And there's this just little girl squatting like <laughs> we're like, uh-huh. what in the world? Alrighty, um. Then. Yeah. So and like all of this stuff is like within a couple of blocks of each other.
1: Yeah. The grand plate. There's a lot going on in the grand place. So, I mean, if you yeah. find if you can get yourself there and, and not get shanghaied by a cab driver like we did, dude, this dude was just driving around. And it's, around.
0: it's a it's a 20 minute walk from the train station. Right.
1: Like just walk we should have just walked but i think at that point you know having carried yeah you know our rucksacks that far yeah that far um yeah so the I food i was there on st patrick's day too oh damn yeah i was out until 4 in the morning and i was dancing in a club for some reason nice uh, yeah, i know do i look like the type of person that would dance in a club hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the <laughs> listeners have ever who have ever seen what I look like, but I definitely did not.
0: <laughs> you clubbing every night? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: only clubs I go to are to see heavy metal shows. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I. Yeah. The food. Don't sleep on the food. Yeah. 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 This man. Even the Italian restaurant we went to, and then we <laughs> we had a bunch of leftover pasta. Like we didn't finish our pasta, and we asked for like a to go, and they were kind of like, uh, what? Like, yeah, just, like uh, you, just, you just eat the eat eat the pasta. Okay. Like, <laughs> they did they did. They threw it in some tin foil and wrapped oh, it in nice. plastic for us, but they were like, hey, we don't really do that and I'm like, Oh, okay, sorry.
0: Yeah. So, so um stupid America. Uh, yeah. Uh let, let us know what you what you end up uh finding yeah, in yeah. Brussels.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and as far on the subject again, I think we did uh I think the episode prior to this last week was our listener mail ep- yep. was a listener mail episode. Uh if you guys have any any, you know, Questions. questions comments whatever uh, if we get something wrong do not you know don't hesitate yeah. we get stuff wrong sometimes yeah no it, just, uh, it, is, what take, it is
0: you know take, take a take a leaf out of uh Bjorn's book and yeah. send us uh send us the shit that we're wrong about because yep, totally again fine. Uh, as weird as it sounds we're still learning too like mm-hmm. we're this is a massive like learning
1: experience that's part of the reason we do it is and to, then you know what do we always say ask 10. Brewers, brewers get, get ten, 10 answers ten Yeah, 10 so. answers
0: So we're really working on Trying to find the right answer mm-hmm. So we can prove all these other brewers wrong <laughs> <laughs> Who are
1: these people? <laughs>
0: Alright, should we get out of here? Yeah Alright
1: Uh, Outro, there we go oh, p- click, Click it Click it Fade
0: <laughs> You wanna do my job? Nope <laughs> 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 oh. Alright guys, uh, thanks for tuning in this week. And again, if you'd like to support us, head over to Patreon.com slash studios click on the Patreon link of the member homepage. Um, it truly, really does help us out. And if you don't if, if you don't have anything, to give, that's fine. But if you do, yeah, uh, a buck even a buck a month it really helps. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas or what have you go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash or follow us on Twitter at Blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.